From WXVU and the Cartos Commitment, this is Think Negative. I'm Jack. And I'm Chrissy. And Jack, we have, I can't, no small talk today. Absolutely not. We had a beautiful Easter, but I'm not, I'm, we, we can talk about that another time because I'm so excited about who we have today to talk about two, a lot of stuff that's really important, but I'm going to get right to it. Yes. Uh, Dr. Elaine Youngman is here with us today, and Dr. Youngman is a faculty member at Villanova University, and I'm going to let her, I, I can't do it justice, what she has been doing um, for us and our community this year, and um, I've, I've known about Dr. Youngman for a while, but after our operations meetings, uh, recent, you know, in the, this semester and our change in testing, Dr. Youngman became a hero to me and um, some of the work that she's done and has been an integral part of keeping us on campus. And so I know she probably won't um, give her, her shout out to herself. So this is my opportunity to give a shout out to her and the, the work that she's done. But Dr. Youngman, Welcome to the Think Negative podcast. Thank you so much, Chrissy. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. It's exciting to be here. And thank you, you're, you're too, you, too kind. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Youngman did say she's a listener, Jack. So we have a, a maybe she's a fan. I don't know. We'll, we'll say we have fans and uh, at least listeners. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, And Dr. Youngman, just give us um, a little background, uh, who you are and what you do here at Villanova and how long you've been at Villanova. Yeah, so I'm an assistant professor in the um, biology department. I have been here for almost nine years, which I know because my son is almost nine years old and he was born right before I started. <laughs> um, and uh, I teach genetics and molecular biology and um, classes like that, RNA biology um, in, the, in the biology department. And um, my research lab focuses on RNA biology. So I really, um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big, I'm a fan of the podcast, but I'm a really big fan of RNA. <laughs> and as you know, SARS-CoV-2, which is the, the virus that causes COVID-19, is an RNA virus. So, um, so I really started following what was happening with this virus um, immediately. We talked about it in my molecular biology class in um, January of 2020. Um, and you know, as soon as the, the testing came out, I thought like, gosh, I wish I had a really good reason to order um, those reagents and, and do those PCRs because <laughs> this is what I do. Um, yeah, so um, in we terms found of the reason, that, we found yeah. the reason for you to order them. Be right? careful what you wish for. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So we then um, in, in November um, that the Student Health Center and particularly Dr. Duncan at the Student Health Center approached some faculty about whether it might be possible to bring the surveillance testing um, in-house. So he really had this push um, to do this. And I thought like, oh gosh, this is what I've kind of been wanting to do for months now. Um, and, so, and so I volunteered in the end to kind of head that up um, and do the testing in my um, research lab. And so take us, um, I know Jack's very interested in this, so uh, I'll set it up for Jack, but Take us from the pavilion where the testing's done, as Jack says, people are spitting in a tube, and then to your lab. So how does it all work? Yeah. 
So um, yeah, so obviously we have the, the spitting in a tube and I'll say we spent a bunch of time in December trying out different types of tubes. <laughs> so that was sort of step one. Um, and then, yeah, so from the time you, you spit in your tube and you leave it in that rack, um, we have a graduate student who picks all of those up. And then the team store at the pavilion has been converted to a sample boiling station. So we boil all the samples in the team store to inactivate any virus that might be present. Um, and then they get thrown on a golf court and driven across um, campus to Mendel Hall to my lab. <laughs> and um, yeah, so, so we have a grad student who gets to drive a golf cart, which is kind of a treat, I think. <laughs> it's, a, it's the trade-off for having to carry vials. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, um, and then once they come into my lab, we have, uh, it's really like a fairly simple um, process. So the first thing that we do is we take um, some of that saliva out. And here I'll say that some people have saliva that is lovely to work with and some people do not. <laughs> uh, we won't call anybody out. Um, but so we take a little bit of that saliva and we add it to an enzyme that's called a proteinase. And the proteinase um, chews up the, the capsid of the virus so that the genome, the RNA inside of the virus will be available for us to test. And the proteinase also chews up all the kind of nasty things in saliva that might inhibit the testing reaction. So, so just to butt in for a second from a, a low science perspective. Um, so you add the enzyme and when I picture the virus, I'm picturing like the cartoon where it's like the dice shape on top of the spider legs. And so yes. that's kind of chewing up the dice shape head to get it, the stuff inside. Yeah, right. So you're thinking of your dice shape head. That's actually a virus that infects um, bacteria. So the SARS-CoV-2 virus, you see cartoons of it all the time. It's kind of a ball with a bunch of spikes sticking oh, out. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's right. Exactly. So it chews up, it chews up the spikes sticking out and it, and it opens up that ball so that what's inside is the RNA genome and that gets released. It's like the worst Easter egg ever. It's the worst Easter egg ever. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and um, so then at that point, we take uh, the RNA and convert it to DNA. So it's much easier to detect DNA than RNA. Um, and then we use PCR, um, which is a method that amplifies uh, DNA uh, to detect the virus. So basically what we do is we, we use the PCR reaction and the, the, the PCR will amplify whatever um, viral material was there by twofold every time you do a reaction. We ask how many times do you have to do the reaction before you start to see signal. And so the fewer times that you need to do that reaction before you start to see signal, the more viral RNA was present in the beginning. So that's basically um, what comes off of the machine is how many times did you have to do the reaction in order to detect virus? And obviously for the vast majority of samples, which don't have virus present, we could do the reaction to infinity and never see a signal, right? So we get a negative result there. And then in every sample, we, all, we do a similar test to make sure that we can detect just human RNA. So um, if you can't detect the human RNA, then that sample, you know, someone um, probably, you know, guzzled some coffee right before they spit in their tube or something like that. Um, and that's an invalid. And so that then has to be retested. Right. So that's where somebody didn't follow the, you know, don't drink, don't brush your teeth before. So um, 
it, there's a number of reactions before it shows up. Is there a level, uh, is there a number of reactions before you say, we need to have this person come in or is it, if it shows up at all, they come back in? Yeah, so it turns out if it shows up in, four, in 40 reactions or less, 40 cycles or less, then that is a person who needs to come in and be tested um, okay. at the health center. Yeah. Cool. Uh, awesome. So um, that was a lot of science for me. I haven't been science in a long time. But that was great. Like that. That's so interesting that our lab. So how many are you doing a day? We are doing um, between 850 and 950 on a typical day now. So we just this week passed our 25,000 um, test. Wow. Big milestone. That's very exciting. And how often are you in the lab? Yeah, so I we have so in terms of the, the people who I have to give a lot of credit. So I um, was doing most of the testing myself sort of um, through January. And then at this point, we have um, a full time technician and four part time um, graduate students who are, are helping out in this effort. So um, and they're doing the vast majority of the actual testing work at this point. And then I do kind of the data analysis and reporting um, end of the testing. So, and the students are, um, the, the technician and grad students are in the lab from um, about 8.30 in the morning. And then our last um, test concludes around seven in the evening. Wow. Um, I mean, it, you know, I think for a lot of students on campus, right? As the testing is ramped up, cause it's obviously ramped up so severely I wasn't tested once in the fall and I've been every other week this semester. Um, That's great I, I, to hear. Yeah, well, <laughs> definitely it, the goal. Yeah, it's, it's been fantastic, but I think people, it's really easy to just assume that there's some magic machine and to hear A, the science, which is fascinating, and B, the human effort that it takes to make all of this happen is so incredible. Um, I, just in terms of the grad students, I'm curious, uh, is there research going on adjacent to this or is it this just they uh, part of their day to day? Yeah, so this is um, the, the grad students were all hired part time. So um, the graduate students are also some of them are also serving as TAs and they're carrying out their research program at the same time. So it's an incredible effort um, on the part of these grad students. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, I know from operationally at the university, like one of the benefits of, you know, our think negative, but the positive is, you know, just seeing all of these departments working together um, in different ways and maybe kind of eye-opening to some on how, you know, you're, we get so used to being in our silos in, in the university. The university has so many different operational pieces uh, Dr. Yaman, how have you seen that at play? Like people coming out of their silos to, you know, for the greater community first here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's been a huge part of this and that's been really fun for me because I am definitely a person who's often very much in a silo in the biology department. I rarely leave Mendel Hall normally. <laughs> so, um, so that's been, that's been great for me. And this obviously is a huge cooperative effort. Um, and this was happening a lot of this during um, Christmas break. Unit was writing um, the app to do this testing and they were doing all of the um, behind the scenes, you know, um, 
privacy compliant programming to ultimately match, you know, barcodes to, to patients, right? So the health center is the only one who knows um, which test result belongs to which person. And UNIT um, did a, a huge amount of work behind the scenes on that. Um, and then obviously um, the, the um, facilities department actually is doing a lot of the managing of the testing. So we have environmental health and safety and facilities managing all of the stuff that's happening at the pavilion, which is a huge effort. Um, and, um, and then there's a whole team of contact tracers, obviously on the other end. So if we get them the last resorts at, results at 7 PM, then they're there until midnight, some nights, um, doing the contact tracing and, um, and pulling people out into isolation and quarantine. So, um, yeah, so there's a huge amount of, of cooperation, um, across campus to get this done. I will say it's kind of good to hear that anonymity, uh, through the effort by unit, cause that way. If somebody has bad spit and they're sensitive about it, nobody's going to find out about it. <laughs> Nobody will ever know yeah, it's totally... anything about the quality of your spit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In the lab, we have no idea who's being tested. It's obviously nowhere near the most important part, but hopefully <laughs> if it gives one person peace of mind, I just wanted to make sure that they were reassured. No. And while we're talking about this, I do want to give a shout out to all the students who have rolled out of bed extra early before class to come in um, and give your samples every day. So every day now we have um, uh, the student athletes uh, turn their samples in before 830 in the morning. By 830, we have another 100, 150 student samples. Um, so the, the cooperation from everyone has been really spectacular. Right. On, on that on that front, um, say hypothetically, somebody doesn't get up on time <laughs> and they miss their, their scheduled appointment, what should they do? Yeah, you should just schedule another appointment and show up that same week. And just go to the same link and just do it all again. Absolutely. Excellent. Yep. Good point, I, Jack. I don't know why anybody would need that, yes. but, but just Jack in case. May, may or may not know that from experience, but... Yeah, if you miss your appointment, it's not, you can just show up again. Good, good. I, I was a little worried when I realized I'd missed it, that there was someone on campus, like a bounty hunter looking for me. <laughs> uh, some pub safe officer whose entire job was to track me down for the day. But, um, no, but if we you do, waited long enough, I think you would have, you would have been hunted down. Yeah. That's, that's right. I was just going to say, we do figure that out, but <laughs> um. I think another important aspect of your work, uh, Dr. Youngman, has to be educating people on the vaccine. And where, you know, I do see like the um, part of the role I play here in the president's office is I see some of the emails coming in and last semester and even in the beginning of the semester, the testing where, where we get the emails about, you know, and um, now we're getting the questions about the vaccine. So, you know, when are we getting the vaccine? Are we still a site? Um, are, you know, should, should people go get the vaccine someplace else if they can? And, and we have been in our weekly updates kind of addressing that, but I know you're also planning um, educate, an educational event for the students on the vaccine. Um, I got my first dose today, my doctor's office, um, contacted me and said they had availability for appointments through Mainline Health. So, um, you know, I, I was able to make an appointment for that. So that, that felt awesome. But um, just talk to us a little bit. And Jack had, flew home 
to Oklahoma to get his, yes. but, um, you know, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great that you went to those links, Jack. Everybody, that's definitely, um, you know, what we need to do to end this, obviously. So I know that the Student Health Center, um, Dr. McGonagall, is doing everything that she can um, to get a vaccine clinic set up um, at Villanova. Um, but we, there's no guarantee yet um, that that will happen. And so definitely everyone should get the vaccine where they can get the vaccine. Um, so if you can schedule off campus, uh, that's definitely, definitely the thing to do. Um, and we do, as Chrissy said, um, have a, a pop-up COVID education event coming up on um, April 27th from 4 to 6 p.m. in front of Doggerty Hall. And we'll have um, students and faculty are working together to make some um, interactive um, types of displays that will answer questions about um, when can you travel? What should you do when you travel? Um, how do the vaccines work? And should you get the vaccine? Um, and you know, how long might you have immunity, right? All these, all these kinds of questions um, you'll be able to get answered there. So stop by, get yourself a cool mask and get all of your um, COVID questions answered. Um, yeah, and that the vaccine, I followed the development of the vaccine a lot. And this, is, this has been a, a great year to be um, an RNA scientist. Yeah. <laughs> we have the negative of an RNA virus and then the positive of these um, first-in-class RNA vaccines, which have been absolutely amazing to watch the development of. So one of my scientific heroes and, and mentors um, is the, the chief scientific officer at Moderna. And so um, sort of really been following um, what's been happening with the, the development of those vaccines. So it was really amazing science there. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, considering how devastating this year has been in so many ways that the, you know, we talked a few times on the podcast about COVID blessings. And I think between seeing a on campus, the massive effort that, you know, the breaking down of silos to make testing and community first happen. And then across the world to see that these, you know, statistically incredible vaccines, you know, so much better than the average flu vaccine. Um, and to see that those have come together in a year uh, uh, a year and change, right? It is truly uh, miraculous. And yes, I mean, the downside, right, of there had to be a pandemic, but look at all the incredible things that have been done in response. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that, Jack. I think we've, we've sort of learned what we can do. Uh, and that's, that is a great thing to come out of it. Uh, well, Chrissy, do you have anything else for us to go over? No, I, I feel like I've been educated. I, I, I feel like I've learned more biology in the last 20 minutes than I have since high school. Yeah, I, so, I remember some of my classes, Dr. Youngman, I, I did start as a bio major here. It lasted oh, a hot exciting. second. It lasted a hot second. <laughs> so, that's not I, uncommon. <laughs> no. It takes a special kind to get through all of that. And I'm so very thankful for that kind of person that is able to, you know, just learn and educate others on science. And um, really, I can't say enough uh, thank yous for the work that you've done this year. Um, always, you're, you know, you're always contributing to our community, but in this year, it's been outstanding. And um, 
I'm glad we could have you on here to talk about it. And I look forward to the pop-up event. I think that would be great for our students and you know staff, anybody that, that wants to be a little more educated on the topic of vaccines. So one more time, April 27th, at what time? Four to 6 p.m. Four to six outside of Doherty? Yes, just stop by. Excellent. Uh, Dr. Youngman, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I think that about does it for this week on Think Negative. Remember to keep your V's up, your masks on, and we'll see you next time.